Uh, there's nothing like being broke. I, I love waking up in the morning and thinking that my country is broken, yet we're still spending money. That gives me hope about myself. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. We are streaming live from the WORD Facebook page. I'm getting a nod of approval because... I'm not in, actually in charge of that. So. <laughs> I messed it up. But okay, well, it's, you know, it's it's streaming now. Yes, it's it's, it's <laughs> video of the radio show. And let's go to the phones. Let's go to Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. Hey, brother Bill. Yes, sir. Hey, Bill, are you still running your shows lock and load on Sundays? I missed it last night. I well, it's not carried here anymore, but it's available. Oh. It's it's still they the uh, so the the syndicator that the syndicator that I'm with stopped using the industry standard of delivery of shows to r- various radio stations. All right. And, well, I wanted to weigh in, weigh in on that uh, text you received that uh, Israel ignored um, some kind of intelligence. No, they did not. Joe Biden paid six billion dollars to Iran. So Iran would show them how to do a proxy war. Biden lost Ukraine and needs instruction. So then Iran funds Hamas with the nice $6 billion given by Joe Biden. And then they launch a 1,000 missiles that have varying uh, frequencies and can get past their defense. Israel is not at fault with this. And, yes, they were warned by Egypt, but there's no way to defend against a 1,000 rockets coming in with different frequencies. What do you mean by different frequencies? Dome. What are you talking about different frequencies? They have – it's some kind of um, electronic, electrical grid that um, – Right, but, I mean, can block they, off they ha- that's right, called electric right. – count. that's called electronic countermeasures. All right. Well, this is not the same thing as when they multiple, get the frequency of the shields on the on the Starship Enterprise and the photon torpedoes get right. through. Right. They're sending multiple uh, rockets with varying frequencies, so some did get through. Well, I mean, it and could, there's no way Israel knew there was a thousand rockets coming in. You see what I'm saying? Well, I do, but I, I mean, you're you're correct, it. but you're you're correct, but some of your details are just a little flawed, Robert. So, like when you volley fire a bunch of rockets. Inevitably, no matter how good your missile defenses are, some are going to get through because some, you know, right. some, some are going to get through. It has nothing to do with the frequency of the electronic countermeasures because what they are doing is they launch something called electronic counter countermeasures, ECCM. So they don't have the apparatus in place. Say huh? Say it again, Bill. What was it called? It's called so when they're when they're launching missiles, the missiles are throwing. They may, if they're built, if it's built in, they may have electronic countermeasures to get out there and deal with things as they go. I don't think the missiles that they are shooting are that sophisticated because they're ballistic missiles. These are not these are not missiles that are out there to have a target where they're going to a specific address. There's no what. Maybe if there were four or five shots. You could have defended against them, but there's no way to defend against a thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fight. Volley firing like so, that is very difficult to defense against. Yeah. Yes, and it's Biden that paid six billion dollars. Well, that money. Iran okay. For okay. Five people, a billion two hundred fifty million for one person. So and just just remember this about the people are. Just remember the six billion figure is about money that was unfrozen. Okay, assets that were unfrozen a, a, by a payoff. 
Well, we didn't. We, we, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Um, proxy war. Okay. He does know how to do it. Okay. He lost in Ukraine. Well, what, what is your definition? Okay, let me ask you this. I'm going to try to help you with this one. What do you call it? What is a proxy war? A proxy war is when you're hiding behind another country and supporting them for their embattlement. Yeah, but see, we're not hiding behind anybody. We're, we're very public about our support for Ukraine. We're supposed to. That, that's the idea of a proxy war. China ran a proxy war. When was war the last time there was a proxy war that we didn't States. know who was behind it? Well, General MacArthur knew that it was Beijing, and they were getting support and uh, tactical our strategic ideals on how to deal with the Americans. In which theater are we talking about where Beijing was involved? North Korea and Vietnam both. Okay. Well, North Korea and Vietnam, I would say you're probably correct. I would say you're absolutely correct on that one. Uh, As far as all that goes, they knew, they knew. Well, I mean, what were we doing? We were showing our hand when we got involved in it. We did because Biden doesn't know how to run a proxy war. Biden wasn't in place in Vietnam. Biden wasn't even in office in Vietnam. You see what I'm saying? I mean, when we're talking talking proxy wars. Proxy war. I'm talking about the one in Ukraine. Okay. Well, here's the thing about. That was supposed to be a uh, proxy war. And, of course, Biden's senile and his staff is incompetent. hmm. So there we go. Okay. Everybody knew it. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the reason that he is he's running interference for Ukraine because he launders a lot of money I'm in Ukraine. Go ahead. Well, he they his son has laundered a lot of money in Ukraine. So they got they got a couple of chips on the Biden boys and they got to get out there and they got to do something. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. And that's why they keep because we're not sending them enough to win and we're not sending them we're not right. we're not we we need to cut it all off cuz we don't have a dog in the fight. We're sending kickback money. It goes to associate bankers that will hold our money, and they're being sent back money to uh, from Ukraine it, listen, to Robert, the Biden administration. Right, right, right. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that there's a lot of graft and corruption going on with all that money because they should be doing something. Yeah, when you, you know, all of these categoric things where you're out there saying this is going here and that's going there, you really need to find me some sort of citation showing that if you're going to say that. I, I'm sorry, you're fading out. Are you oh, okay. stepping away? No, I'm not stepping away. And and uh, that was accidental. We we did not hang up on you. I don't know what just happened, but that didn't that. But anyway, what I'm saying is this: Yes, we all know now. Everybody knows that what's going on in Ukraine is about a bunch of corruption. We don't know where the money's going. What we never sent the money with any with any sort of mechanism in place to see that it was actually being spent where for defense. And uh, you know, we can sit here and and bellyache about it if we want to, but. Sitting out here and saying we don't know how to run a proxy war. If we don't know how to do nothing in the United States, we know how to run a proxy war. That's and uh, you know getting out and uh, yes, Biden. Biden is uh, yes, he's a little he's he's getting old. He's a little demented, but he's a very Biden is a very evil out front man. He's I a, mean, is he really even running anything? Well, no, I think this is Obama administration exactly. term three. I mean. Yeah. The only person that's not there right now that was with Obama is Valerie Jarrett. Right. And she's running other things right now. But every everything that is left is being run by Valerie Jarrett. I don't I admire the woman's multitasking capability. I do. Because she is out there in all kinds of all kinds of ways with all kinds of little schemes going on and everything else. But insofar as uh 
the whole proxy war thing, yeah, it's a proxy war. And we're spending money we don't have. Every dime we've sent them, we didn't have. And every weapon we've sent them, we shouldn't have given up. And right now we're now in a, in a we were already in a state of lessening military uh, deterrence. We just did a, uh, a war game, I think at the end of 2022, with a Taiwan component in it where we were supposed to be defending Taiwan, and we lose. We lose big. As a matter of fact, the Navy gets wiped out. Because our forces do this thing called uh, pre-combat congregation. And this is where they get up, they get together, they plan, they put everything together. And while they're sitting there and planning, the Chinese are looking at that saying, ah, we have hypersonic, hypersonic ship killers. So they go out there and they start shooting out, taking out uh, aircraft carriers, which we dominate with aircraft carriers. We've got enough aircraft carriers. Two aircraft carriers, if we were to send them send them towards China, most of two aircraft carriers dwarfs most of the air forces of that any nation fields today. So and they, they put it out there. But anyway, let's talk let's talk about when when we get back, let's talk about your tax dollars at work because I got a great example for you. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. I think one thing you have to understand is that uh, in a real, in a real open country, a real free country, we would have no need for the FOIA because the only thing they would keep from us would be the uh, very super secret, double secret, squirrel sensitive stuff that we don't need to know on a military intelligence level. There are plenty of those you don't want to know what they are. Trust me, you don't. But we get this from a November twenty two article on the Judicial Watch website. You remember that on a street in Washington, D.C., near the White House, there is a giant yellow BLM that was painted after the June 2020 BLM riots. And so the mental midgets at the Department of Justice, or not the Department of Justice, the Department of Transportation, led by his honor, the mayor, Pete Buttigieg, they thought it needed to be spruced up. Now, remember, right now you're probably driving on a, on a road that used to have yellow lines on it, but they're gone because the paint has faded. And, well, while we do all these taxations to, uh, you know, keep the roads up, we never keep the roads up. So they decided to repaint the big BLM Black Lives Matter sign and, and you know, re refresh the yellow paint. Now, apart from Black Lives Matter, what we know about them being the fact that they're a grift, they did nothing for black lives, they did nothing for black communities. What they did do is buy real estate and enrich the people running it there. It's a, you know, they should be somewhere near, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in jail somewhere. They should be in a white-collar crime unit somewhere. But, no, we decided to spruce it up because, you know, we got to make it look good. Washington, D.C. has remained beautiful. So, first of all, in order to get enough paint to paint a new Black Lives Matter sign on the streets, they had to spend $53,000 to repaint the street. 
I'm almost certain that I could get in my truck, and if I could find two or three other guys that have pickup trucks, we could go to Lowe's and buy enough paint to paint that street for a tenth of that. I'm almost certain of that. I'm almost certain of that. But then, you know, it's it's never about the it's never about the part, it's about the labor. So this a memo from the project showed that this required a foreman, an operator, a laborer, a carpenter, and a mason. I don't know why they needed a mason because I don't know if there's any bricks in this, but you know, that that's normally what you would have a mason for. And uh, also a backhoe, a portable air compressor, a bobcat, a dump truck, a pickup truck, and a service truck. Now, me and one of my boys could have done this with some long-handled brushes out the back of our pick-em-up trucks, but no, this is government work. We can never do that that way. Why would you need a backhoe if you're not digging something up? Anyway, so uh, this this was about uh, $270,000 altogether. $217,000 for labor and stuff. <laughs> so basically... A quarter million dollars is a fair price for painting three 50-foot-tall words three to four feet wide. This is the world of the career bureaucrat, $280,000. To me and you, we're looking at that like, oh, wow, I'm in the money now. Yeah, new house, new car, all that stuff. For them, this is like valet money, $280,000. Hey, maestro, give me $280,000. I don't want to hear it. Give me the taxpayer dollars. No, I ain't got it. You, you go get it from the taxpayers. <laughs> we'll get right on that. They don't. The people of the government don't look at money the same way Maestro does. Nope. My, he looks at money and says, <laughs> "Yeah, I've got some, but not nearly enough." But this is the mindset of people that get out there that don't have to care about where the money's coming from because it's not theirs. They don't have to look at it and say, how can we optimize every dollar we spend? How can we scream each dollar? Or excuse me, not scream. How do, how do we squeeze each dollar until it screams and we get a dollar's worth out of it? Even in this era of inflation, they don't do that. Why aren't they getting out there and saying, uh, hey, maestro, how much would you charge me to paint those? Oh, you that much? Well, Bill, how much would you charge me to paint those? Oh, well, Bill wins that bid. Sorry, maestro. And then I go to him, and I'm like, hey, I'll hire you to do it. And he comes in with me, and we still make some money. But that's not the way they did that. Because they're always looking at every dollar they spend, and there's more of that where that came from all the time. And if there isn't, we'll just print it. Now, I guess we should be glad that apparently there was an original bid that was submitted that was rejected. So... Labor costs of $20,000 for five people means that there was $40,000 ahead to repaint Black Lives Matter on the street. So, I mean, I want to, I'm, right now, I want it to be known right now that I'm resigning effectively immediately and I'm going to become a letter painter in Washington, D.C. Because that's where the money's at, Cat. I wonder how long that took them to do that for $40,000 each. Think they did it in an afternoon? So that's forty. That's $540 per hour. I could pay my power bill with that much money. Now, if it only took a week, we're talking about 400 man hours. At 400 man hours, it's $540 an hour. At a week, 
That's $1,000 per hour. To paint three words on a street that it shouldn't be there in the first place. Thomas Sowell used to say the worst form of government is to allow people to govern who never are held accountable for their decisions. And probably whoever got that, once they saw that new refresh Black Lives Matter painted on the street, that person that made this 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 really whiz-bang of a deal of only $280,000 to paint this, this was probably, uh, they probably got promoted. There was a huge scandal a few decades back when we were paying $430 for a $15 hammer. But the government explains that this is how you normalize their research and inventory costs across all assets. So $420 was actually added to the actual price of every asset from a jet engine to a hammer. So with that explanation, they weren't really paying $435 for a $15 hammer. They were only doing this for bookkeeping purposes. How many people actually got out there and looked at the invoice to see how much they were paying for the hammer? Were they paying? And listen, governmental contracts, those are plush when you get a governmental contract. Everybody goes out and buys a new house and a Ferrari and, you know, you know, up, you know, what they, they, they update and upgrade everything they own when they get a governmental contract. So this means that twice now we have paid for Black Lives Matter to be painted on the street in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and that's emblematic of everything else that goes on in the United States government. This is, we, we, we don't see these sort of details where you get out there and uh, you, you break everything down. You look at these little projects because this is where the devil is in these details. When you look at these little projects that are only $280,000, uh, when you look at how many of those there actually are, those add up quick. And that was all, that was all, there was nothing out there about the government running the government to have those letters painted. There's nothing in the government that says that we need to be out there virtue signaling. But this is why we're nearly $34 trillion in debt. Albert Einstein said, the world is a dangerous place to live, not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. And as you become more and more acclimated as to what's going on here, we're going to have to figure out the whole thing about what we're going to do about it. Coming up next, got a guy coming on, Kevin Stockland. We're going to talk about the actual hidden cost of owning an electric vehicle. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. So I have made this conscious decision to not own an electronic vehicle, but it doesn't matter because I pay for it anyway. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 9050 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. 
Joining me now is uh, Kevin Stocklin. He's a writer, film producer, and former investment banker. He wrote and produced We All Fall Down, the American Mortgage Crisis, in a 2008 documentary on the collapse of the U.S. mortgage finance system. Um, so, first of all, good morning and, th- and welcome to the show, sir. How's it going? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yeah. So what is it? So where your your contention is we're actually paying for electronic vehicles, whether we own one or not. Tell me the details of how this breaks down, please. Uh, there's been a, a report produced by the Texas uh, Public Policy Foundation, and they went through and crunched all the various subsidies, uh, what they call socialized costs, that go into EVs. So the average price of an EV right now is about $53,000 in the U.S. Uh, they've added up a total of about 48000 of additional subsidized costs that we all pay, whether as taxpayers or um, through our electricity bills or through uh, transfers from companies that make uh, gas-fired cars to EV makers. So the $53,000 car actually costs $101,000? That's their calculation if you add in all the subsidies. You know, we know about the $7,500 uh, subsidies that are paid by all taxpayers when you go out and you buy an EV. Right. Um, but in addition to that, there are uh, various uh, wealth transfers or, or uh, transfers according to the corporate average fuel uh, economy credits that and these are payments that companies gm and ford who make gas-fired cars have to pay to companies like tesla to uh, comply with emission standards tesla uh, just made 1.7 billion dollars last year from other car companies just getting these transfers for doing nothing and then the third area where we're subsidizing these cars is all the build out of our electric grid that's required to charge them so it's it's additional capacity that's being built by utilities it's additional transfers transmission lines, and then it's all the charging stations that are being built. Utilities are building these, and they're billing them to the customers in the form of higher electric bills. And so these are all what's called socialized costs. These are all costs that all of us chip in, whether or not we buy these vehicles. So some of these socialized costs, are they baked, in, baked into the cost of an uh, internal combustion engine car to recoup that? That's correct. Yes. So if you buy an internal combustion engine car, and a lot of people do that, they're not only they like the performance, but they're affordable. Um, But they are now um, the cost of those are going up because they are now being required, according to U.S. regulation, to subsidize EV car makers. (laughs) Now, despite that, we're seeing companies like Proterra, the bus maker, they went out of business despite all the subsidies and all the handouts they got from that. Is it, it are there any costs at all for the, the cost of these electric cars? Or is any of that baked into the price of the electric vehicle? Um, you know, n- not so much. Uh, there are additional costs that a lot of EV buyers haven't really reckoned with. So there's this uh, – narrative going around that these things are are cheap to maintain. There's not as many moving parts to them. And that's correct to some extent. But uh, the repair costs are through the roof. So it's very easy to damage the batteries. And I just heard a horror story about someone who had to replace a battery in their Tesla. It cost $50,000. So uh, not only are the uh, repair costs through the roof if you get an accident, but the insurance companies are increasingly hiking the rates on these vehicles. So these are additional hidden costs. These are paid by the EV owner, obviously, but um, these will be probably a big surprise on top of the sticker price. Do we know what the percentage of EV owners are that have to replace batteries that actually go out and replace the battery versus just getting rid of the car and starting over again? 
Well, what we're hearing, you know, I don't know the numbers, but we're hearing is insurance companies are increasingly inclined to just total these cars because the cost of replacing these batteries is just so astronomical. And so if you get into a car accident, your insurance company, rather than actually pay for the repair, right. it seems more likely to come in and just total the car. They're afraid of a thermal runaway occurring because of something that happened when they fix it or that destabilizes the battery? Yeah, and apparently it doesn't take much uh, to, to <laughs> yeah. actually take these battery systems out. Yeah. So with all of this and everything, now this reminds me of the uh, the way the cars actually shake out and the way they actually treat them. You remember those uh, cameras you could buy that you, they were only meant to be used one time and then you threw it away and you turned you turned in the whole camera to the to the Walgreens right. to get your film uh, film developed. That's what the electric car is beginning to sound like to me. Like you you buy it, you use it the one as long as you use it, and then when it's done, it's done. Well, uh, you know, people are getting more and more skeptical. There was a, just a letter written to uh, President Biden by more than three thousand eight hundred car dealers throughout the United States in all fifty states saying, stop pushing these vehicles on us. They're backing up on our dealer lots. We can't sell them, and we're losing a ton of money. I spoke with one dealer here locally, and he was just like, nobody wants these things, and we can't get rid of them. Now, I know some people drive Teslas, and they love them, yeah. and they have a short commute, and they can charge them in their garage. Right. And you know, your average Tesla, Tesla buyer makes over 150 grand a year, so they don't mind paying to install whatever electricity systems and upgrades they need to do, and they're very happy, and I get that. You know, this is a niche market at about 7 to 8% of the market, but for people who need to drive long distances, who need a reliable car, it might be their only car, something they can afford, you know, something they can drive a few hundred miles, something they can fit the kids in. Right. Um, these things are just not ready for prime time. Well, I, I, my, my thought has always been that the uh, shortcoming of this is the lithium-ion battery first and then the recharging, because they, they have no portable solution for recharging, do they? If it breaks down on the road or loses a charge and they can't find a charger, it's just dead and has to be towed to a charger, right? That's right. Yeah, you can't go and get a, a gallon of, uh, of, gallon of electricity. And, and, yeah, put it in there. <laughs> can't do that. So I can only imagine the, you know, I, I can carry a little battery bank to charge my phone. I don't know what it would take to charge one of these things. So these cars cost us whether we're buying them or not is what it basically boils down to. That, that is the fact. This, this is a central planning a government industrial policy, and they want us to transition to these things, and they want all of us to chip in. And unfortunately, the buyers of these EVs, as I said, uh, the average income is about $150,000 for an EV buyer. That's double the national income average. Right. So it's a wealth transfer, really, from less affluent to rich Americans. Well, I've kind of thought that with because of that, entry level to actually get into one that would take you somewhere and have a decent range on the charge at it with all the other things and you know looking at the world economic forum and all the all the stuff that they want uh i've always thought it's just basically a a scheme to figure out who can afford a car and who can't and get the ones that can't afford a car out of a car well ultimately you know if this market share continues to grow of evs we're not going to be able to charge these things the grid just does not have right. the capacity to do it how long and would it take so, us to bring that up to speed if we really bore down on it? You know, I was speaking with a gentleman at the NERC. They're in charge of monitoring the reliability of our electric grid. Uh, they said currently th there's no segment of the grid that can do it. And to ask how long is, is an interesting question because we're at the same time retiring our coal plants. <laughs> we are trying to retire our gas plants. We're going to wind and solar. 
So we may never get there. Yeah. We are we're damaging our electric grid at the same time we're throwing much more demand on it with cars and stoves and home heating and everything else they want to electrify. Very good. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. I, I take it you also are at APOC Times as well? Uh, I, I do, yep. I yep. write for them. All right, well. Go find Mr. Stockland's stuff at apoctimes.com. We will we will talk to you again, sir. Thank you, and have a good day. My pleasure. Take care. Yes, sir. All right. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Right now, over in Dubai, which is a home to, where, where the president of the current COP28, CONFAB, is out there saying, and while we're doing all this stuff, let's remember to give our fossil fuels some love, which just drives them clean over the edge. We've got John Fastboat Fraud Carry out there pledging to bring $3 billion to the table to shut down the coal-fired generators that actually make the electricity. Now, some of you out there genuinely believe that we, uh, you know, we can control the weather that we impact the weather. We can do that on a micro-sized portion for a minute. And then Gaia comes into play. And if it's in the water, it dissipates. If it's in the air, it dissipates. Gaia takes care of itself. Long after we are gone, Gaia will perpetuate life on this planet for a while until the sun goes splody, and then there won't be no Gaia. Now, we get this from the, uh, the, the Biden administration, the Biden administration. The United States is committed to phasing out coal plants nationwide and not building new ones as it move ahead, moves ahead with its green agenda. Because we say it's going to happen, therefore it will happen. I dub the green agenda. So the U.S. Special Envoy for Climate, John Fastboat Fraud, carries out there in Dubai, uh, he's saying that we're going to join 56 other nations that comprise the Power Past Coal Alliance, <laughs> which will be run by a uh, – they, they have elected H.R. Puffin stuff as the first president of that one because it also is a Sid and Marty Croft fantasy. It's the banana splits. It's Saturday morning TV. There is no Power Past Coal today as it is. One day we're going to wake up. And me and you are going to have our Mr. Fusion reactor on the back of our car. We'll stop there. We'll stop at the garbage can and find some old coffee grounds, an old Schlitz can, and a banana peel, and power our flux capacitor for the next two years. Right into the flux capacitor. Right into yeah. the flux capacitor. We'll, and then we'll get up, and you know, we'll, we'll, we got our hovercraft that looks like strangely like a DeLorean, and off we go. One day that's coming. Great Scott. But until that moment, until the, the, the thing is mature, getting out there and saying, we're going to get rid of one propulsion and have no other to replace it, that's, that's what fast boat fraud carriers out there saying right now. We're just going to be in the dark. That's the subtext. We're just going to be in the dark. You are going to die when we get past. If, if they do what they want to do, 
They take us where they want to take us. We're all going to die. Not because we're going to get killed by the government. We're just going to freeze to death if they have their way. Now, we everyone, China right now is responsible for 27% of the emissions hitting the atmosphere today. 27%. The only nation out there that has actually made a cut in the actual CO2 emissions on this rock is the United States. We've actually cut it. And we've done it by having cleaner burning cars that burn gas, by having cleaner burning power plants that burn coal, you know, and all the stuff that we know works. China is, they're not only not going to stop burning coal, they're going to burn more coal. And China uses dirty coal. So we use, we, we actually have a cleansing where we clean the coal before we burn it. And then we do not have all of those particulates coming from the dirty coal that go into the air. We're actually doing very well. But not for fast, not for bat, fast boat fraud carry, not good enough. And right now, while we're sitting here, all of this uh, global warming that's happening, a lot of their private planes have been grounded in Germany, in Munich, by the global warming because they're frozen to the tarmac, covered in snow. Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? That global warming, boy, I hate it when it falls out of the sky like that. <laughs> now, Here's the problem. We can't, let, let's say we want to go with this stupid plan. We can't, we, we don't have the electric grid, just like Mr. Stockland just said. We don't have the capacity to build the electric grid right now today. We could not do it. We can't get there by 2030. Can't get there by 2030. I'm not saying it again. Um, we're looking, we're talking about $110 trillion dollars. On the low end, $275 trillion on the high end. We would look at that expenditure and look back at this $34 trillion debt and go, well, those were the good old days. Remember when happy days came on during the good old days? Yeah, happy days. So we'd be spending $7 trillion per year through 2050. But in the meantime, we're spending $280,000 to refurbish Black Lives Matter in yellow paint on a street in, in front of the Washington, D.C. They're not even prioritizing. Hmm. I like this so much, I'm going to do this again. So I'll talk to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 